0: Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show.
1: Tighten your life
2: vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula.
0: Good morning, Chattanooga area, worldwide area, United States area, the whole area, that would be everything. The whole world. We are broadcasting live via the internet, which means we are worldwide. Hello New Zealand, hello Hawaii, Alaska, or maybe they're asleep, I don't know, who knows. Well, no, it's 10 o'clock at night over there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I was yeah, thinking, it,
2: yeah, they hadn't, they hadn't, they hadn't New even Zealand. gone to bed yet. Yeah, New Zealand for sure. Hawaii
0: would be six hours behind us, so, yeah, it'd be 11 o'clock.
2: Yeah, they're still partying. Yeah, there you go. They're still having a luau.
0: How are you, Robert? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Tony? The fact that the weather is finally breaking in our area makes me extremely happy.
2: Uh, yes, it is going to be awesome today. Yes, we are going to get to only a high temperature of 89 today.
0: Woohoo. it's It's freezing.
2: Yeah. I, m- and me without my mittens. I'm telling you right now, 89 today on the uh, fifth day of October. But there is good news. Monday is looking awesome because we're going to get some rain. And it's supposed to be 74 with a low of 58 on Monday. Yep, And then it's going to be fall-ish. From then on out, I hope. And I think so. Next Saturday or is at looking three or four days. Next Saturday is looking really good with a high of sixty nine and a low of forty four. But that's next Saturday. So you guys that are in the woods right now, like our good friend Dave, who uh, texted me this morning, said he was uh, borderline heat stroke, soggy with sweat, Sunburnt. Sunburnt. Good luck to y'all this weekend. Be sure to stay hydrated.
0: He's hunting just right above us,
2: actually. Yes, he is, Princess Cooper.
0: State Park in uh, the,
2: uh, I guess it's a draw hunt? Mm, I believe so.
0: Is this muzzleloader, b-
2: archery, what is it? Gun? Mm, I don't know. No, I, it's, we're still in archery as far as I'm aware.
0: Well, I don't the know about WMAs the draw. can do different things.
2: Yeah. I can. I will I will be looking that up while you can keep talking about it.
0: But, uh, you know, that's a that's a actually, that's 23,000 acres. That's a big place to hunt. Oh, golly, yeah. But most people hunt within just a few feet of the road mm-hmm. if you get actually off the road up there you can get into some great deer
2: oh yeah but, oh yeah most definitely
0: but now he said I, you were reading his text to me because i was driving and i don't text and drive because that would be dangerous
2: yeah uh, so i i play uh temporary secretary for all exactly. incoming outgoing uh correspondence. He, he had
0: checked at that that station Mm-hmm. Only three killed in two days. Very few hunters showed. And I would say that's because it's a gazillion degrees.
2: I'm not sure. We hit, we were over 100 this week, I think twice. And that is just unheard of this time of year.
0: It's October. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm not sure I'm out there hunting myself.
2: I saw something on Facebook of a guy standing with, with his archery equipment he had on his uh, camo from the waist up and was standing in a pool from the waist down, I thought, yeah, that's the way to do it right
0: there. Yeah, they got got passed around. Um, (laughs) I didn't go to the one in September that I got drawn for just because it was so dang hot. I don't blame you. I mean, it was, uh, I got drawn for the, uh, the WMA at Hawassi, and it just was hot.
2: I can understand that. I mean, it's this time of year; it can go either way. I mean, we can get the fronts that come through, but we just hadn't had one yet, and it's been so late. It's normally pleasant. This has been very unpleasant. I'm not sure how long it's been since it's even rained here. Uh, it's it's been a while.
0: And you posted a story about the um, trout stocking.
2: Yes, trout stocking has been uh, ceased uh, by the TWRA. Uh, due to high temperatures and low water conditions, and in fact, a good friend of mine took a, pic, uh, took a video uh, yesterday or day before he was out fishing the Teleco area and uh, got a real good picture of a, or a video of a uh, otter munching on a trout in very, very low water. And The otter was about half color covered with uh, water because the water so low. But the extended high temperatures are impacting trout stockings in East Tennessee and not in a good way. Spokesman for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency just announced that due to higher water temperatures and low water levels, many East Tennessee streams, TWA fisheries, uh, and staff have made postponements to trout stocking efforts. The trout stocking has been postponed in the Little River, the west prong of the Little River, and the delayed harvest of the Hiawassee due to temperatures above 70 degrees. Green Cove Pond will also be postponed due to high waters. Teleco will be stocked for the opening day of the delayed harvest season, which is October 1st. However, due to extremely low water levels, the number of fish initially stocked will be greatly reduced. And reminder, delayed harvest on the Teleco starts October 1st. Uh, Here are the regulations for that. Catch and release only on the Teleco River from the North Carolina state line downstream to the North River confluence. Artificial lures and flies only. No organic bait, including power bait or scented baits. The standard regulations still apply b- below North River confluence. Organic bait is allowed below that confluence. Daily trout limit is seven. Sitico permit is not required for this time on any section of the Teleco River or Sitico Creek. wonder why. Uh, delayed harvest. I don't know why they do that, but they do. Because it's catch and release. Okay. Okay. It doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, if you're going to have a per- if you're only going to pay for a permit half the year to keep trout, why don't you just pay the permit the whole year and just have the money go to stocking efforts? But
0: you know, one of the things that um, we're having we're having a study done about our licenses mm-hmm. and one of the things that I'm hoping comes out of that is simplification that would be good I think
2: it would be great actually yeah I think it would be very now, good.
0: now granted mine is pretty simple
2: y- yeah yours is simple wake up you've got a license you're good to go with anything anywhere anytime
0: yes yours is pretty simple once a year you buy it and it's same thing for
2: you yep wake up any, any place anywhere anytime any species
0: Yes. So the others are not quite as simple, and that's what we're hoping to maybe improve upon.
2: I think there's room for improvements. Sure. Although I think I did tell you a couple of a couple of weeks ago I got into a discussion with a nice lady who had just moved here and she wanted to just buy a fishing license and I mm-hmm. I went and explained to her why that was not possible and how her money goes to other parts if when she buys a uh, hunting fishing combination and right. how the uh, federal funds also affect that. So once once it was explained to her, she thought that was you know a good deal that you know it wasn't that really expensive for the hunting fishing combo yearly hunting fishing combo. So, but she didn't have any of the back information. I don't think, and I don't think a lot of people understand it. So hopefully out there educating Did you understand it before? I did not. I I was one of those people. I wanted to pay for just a fishing license. I did not. I'll admit it. I had always bought just a hunting-fishing combo, begrudgingly. I didn't hunt. Uh, I fished 99.99% of the time, and when I wasn't fishing, I wasn't hunting either. But I will say the sportsman's license is probably the most convenient for me because it allows me to do everything I need to do and stuff that I probably will never do. Now, I could get upset, but having funding explained to me, it made a lot more sense. I don't hunt bear. I have no desire to hunt bear, but I pay for the bear stamp or tag or whatever, and I'm legal to hunt bear. I just don't have to, but I know my money's going towards bear conservation and restoration. I don't elk hunt. I try every year, but you know I know some of my money's going there. I'd like to elk hunt if TWA is listening. I've been putting in for a long time. My wife really likes elk, by the way. She would like me to go elk hunting, too. So if that has any uh, any bearing to the wildlife officials, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Old friend of mine.
0: <laughs> I don't have any idea what you're talking
2: about. <laughs> I called my commissioner. He didn't even take my call. Oh, wait, it was you.
0: <laughs> I take your call all the time.
2: Oh, I know. Especially at like 4 o'clock in the morning. We, you know, we got the text from David. We were kind of chit-chatting about this on the way in. Knowing our schedules, uh, being outdoorsmen, we most outdoorsmen are up before the sun ever cracks the sky. We're getting, I'm getting texted four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Well, it's either Tony or Carter or one of my hunting or fishing buddies. And yeah, sure, sure was it. was David this morning, he texted us. I got no problem with that, but you know, it's just odd that this is now normal getting texted like (laughs) four in the morning and and getting excited about it. Hey, I'm, I'm heading out to my deer stand. Oh, cool, you know.
0: I understand. I understand.
2: But uh I think we got a call there. Oh, do we? Yeah, I believe we do. How long have they been on? I haven't been I can I can't see the screen very well from here. Hey Willie.
3: Yes. Yes my name's Willie. i born in in September. All right. I turn I sixty five next year. Okay. And uh I wanna buy a lifetime life but from, from uh, February to September, I'm going to have to buy a license also.
0: If you want the reduced price at 65 yes, sir. You will.
3: Yeah. Yes. So uh, I wish they would work on that. Uh, because uh, for getting in for all the quota hunts and stuff, you have to have this stuff in. Right. And so I won't be... As for that, I wait to September to get my get my lifetime license.
0: Well, but what would we what would we work on? I mean, we've got to set a date. Do we make it sixty four, and that works for you, but it doesn't work for the guy that's sixty three. So, I mean, I, I I'm a, I'm open to any suggestion. Um,
3: but but it seemed like if, it seem like if you're going to turn sixty five if you want to get lifetime life and maybe you can pay a portion of it from, from February, I mean, kind of reduce from right. February to, uh, to the end of the year, when you turn 65 in that year.
0: I see what you're saying. So you could be able to buy the lifetime in the year that you turn 65? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's a great suggestion. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you, Willie. You know, and that's he brings up a good point a lot of people uh you know there there are parameters that are set and the lifetime license is one of them at fifty one it's eleven hundred and fifty three dollars to sixty five and at sixty five it drops to three twenty nine
2: that's a significant decrease uh
0: but I guess in essence what I'm saying is if if you buy a normal license in February or March and you know you are paying in essence a a little bit more than a lifetime. You're gonna get your lifetime anyway, right? Um, but I mean, I see. Just, he gets. I get it. Uh, he turns sixty-five after all the quota hunts and everything. Yeah. So
2: I don't know that that you could prorate everybody in the state. I don't you think that's possible. But it would get complicated. Yeah. Oh, it, oh the math behind that would just be staggering. But uh, I'm looking at the prices. That's a significant drop from a thousand. One hundred and fifty three dollars to three hundred and twenty nine. So I don't blame him for holding off and getting the lifetime. I flight. would too.
0: Uh, our buddy Corky bought the lifetime license when he hit sixty
2: five. Mm hmm. I mean, heck, it's a great deal. It three hundred twenty nine dollars. Three hundred twenty nine dollars. Don't have to worry about it ever again. I I when I turn sixty five, I'm going to do that.
0: So you're gonna you're not going to buy one next year. At...
2: No, next. Oh no! If you wait one more year, you... I got to wait two years. How old are you? I'm 50, so oh, I got to turn 51. 51. Yeah, I just turned that's, 50 though. That's one year. Okay, one year, I, and then I I dropped down to a thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars. There you
0: go, a bargain.
2: Yeah, from one thousand nine hundred seventy six dollars. So I'm saving eight hundred in forties. Eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred bucks. <laughs> I was doing the math.
0: I know you engineer.
2: <laughs> well, anyway. I think that uh, I think I'm going to wait till 65. Call me strange. I'm going to pay the 329
0: <laughs> Really? I don't know. I mean, we'll do the math in the break. How's that?
2: Yeah. You're an engineer. We'll do the we'll math. We'll do the math. All, All right.
0: right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders outdoors.
2: Bates Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Bates has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. Dot com. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not,
0: why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning. A couple things to uh, talk about. Uh, one is an expansion of CWDs uh, is occurring. Uh, Crockett, Gibson counties have both been declared now high risk and part of unit CWD. Uh, this was due to some, uh, recent, uh, detections, uh, so that, that is continuing to expand. Uh, we had a three and a half year old doe that was taken, uh, that's 10, uh, was it 10 counties affected with six high risk and four CWD positive in West Tennessee. So one of the things that will not be happening is we won't be changing the bag limits and stuff for the new counties as they come on. We we'll only do that once a year, mm-hmm. uh, as we did this year when we set the CWD bags. So there you go. It is continuing, but now for the flip side of it, here is all the deer that you're seeing in this part of the country that are uh, emancipated. Whatever is that the right word? Emaciated. Emaciated.
2: Thank you. you well, <laughs> they're both. They've been released and they're sick.
0: Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. It is early. Um, those are not CWD. No. Quick calling and saying, you got CWD deer on your, your. You don't. You have EHD deer. Yes. Which I was surprised. I didn't realize it killed as quickly as it does. I didn't either. Three to 10 days.
2: I didn't realize it was that quick either.
0: Uh, that's coming from a midge, right? I believe is what it comes yes. from.
2: Yes. A nocium black biting midge, either one.
0: And. Uh, in in 3 to 10 days, it kills your deer, uh, so they die quickly of high fever, often near water because they're trying to cool down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as we can get the first frost, which is hard to get in 100-degree heat, uh, then it'll be gone. Yep. So 10 days after the first frost, you can pretty much count on the effects being
2: done. And if the deer is bitten and infected and runs the fever and doesn't die, it is then like a... Inoculation, they can get bitten next year and be totally fine. So right. if they live there, they've got a resistance built up to it. If you know, or it'll kill them. One of the two, right? So that's that's a good thing. And and it is it is common this time of year, especially in the east. It's
0: especially common. during droughts. It's especially even worse during droughts. During droughts. Yes. So um, um, it is just something that you've uh, you got to understand. It's out there and. And we'll go from there
2: it's not the same thing it may mimic it but it is not chronic wasting disease so just FYI
0: the uh, but the temperature has been really bad you have a burn effect I've got I got guys up in uh, Okoye bear hunting this weekend-hmm uh, from uh, from Holland they're up there uh, you're going to have a tremendous uh, amount of dryness uh, I tell you what i my neighbor's dog barks all the darn time. So I go out this morning, and I'm taking Gunner out before we I leave to to come to the to the station. And, uh, and I'm walking through my yard, and I'm hearing
2: crunch, crunch, I'm crunch.
0: Like, Good Lord! No wonder the dog barks. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like squirrels running around everywhere. Sounds, oh, you know no. that sound? You know you hear? Yeah, I hear, I hear all the time. The time.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm used to that one. I, the,
0: but it it's really it's amazing how dry everything
2: is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I
0: don't know when the last time we got rain was.
2: I honestly can't remember any measurable rain in a long time. So
0: I I'm I'm not being color defective, you know, the fall colors and everything is not something that's really ever excited me. It's just like it is what it is. So is this going to be one of those deals where it rains and all the leaves are gone because they're so dry?
2: I'm thinking so. I'm thinking a good hard rain and we get a good with the with these Fall fronts so that we get through, we also get the wind. So I'm thinking we get a good hard rain and a wind. I don't think we're going to see color. I think they're just going to turn brown and fall off. <laughs> but uh, a friend of mine sent me a text. Uh, texted me, said, hey, the Daniel Boone National Forest up in Kentucky is having a lot of fires right now. And he, and he asked me, he said, isn't that where you used to go brook trout fishing? I said, yes, that's where I used to go brook trout fishing all the time. I would hike into the Daniel Boone National Forest up there and, and chase wild brook trout. And he said, Well, most of it's on fire. And I said, Well, I'm not surprised. We've been so dry this time of year. They're, they've got uh, high drought monitoring up there, and, and all the rivers are low. I mean, TWA is not stocking because of low water. So I'm hoping their hatchery, they had hatchery problems. Uh, what was it? What was the year you had your knee surgery, and we had that terrible, terrible drought? Was that 16? 2016, 16 or 17, yeah. I think it was I think it was 2016. They they had problems with the hatchery up there because there was no water coming into the hatchery, and it's fed by the river, right? And you know, this can you know, droughts are bad, and we've seen two really bad ones in, in a in a quick series of of years, 16 to you know,
0: 19. Uh, the other bit of news, and, and you're going to get to hear about this a lot at 6:20 this morning, 6:20 a.m. Uh, Michael Butler from uh, Tennessee Wildlife Federation will be calling in. We were just given a $14 million grant to fight Asian carp. He's going to call in and talk about that. Asian carp is something that has a lot of people's attention. On the other end of the state, I spend a lot of time, uh, between CWD and and Asian carp, uh, I spend a lot of time reading from, from TWRA. Uh, emails and things about what's going on in in our and our struggle with them. a lot of people here are concerned about them uh, and 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 rightfully so and and so this fourteen million dollar grant's going to help that now. I don't think it's big enough, and I think it needs to be more, but you know it's a start in the right direction, and it's not just for Tennessee, it's for all of us that are affected by agent carp.
2: right. And because all the watersheds are interconnected, if one state does something, then it helps other states or if other states start other programs, it may help us as well.
0: The other thing that we're doing is I believe the sound barriers are being installed now. I think that work has started. Uh, And that's at Barkley, I believe, is where they're testing that. That's something we're doing in conjunction with Tennessee Tech, putting in the sound barriers to try to keep them. People... I guess if you haven't really paid attention to it, the the issue is is the carp go through the locks when the barges do and when the boats do. So the only way to keep them from doing that is to a shut down the lock, the lock, which means you shut down all the transportation and traffic on the water, which means it doesn't happen. It ain't happening. So we're looking at ways to to keep the uh, the um, the carp on one side of the dam by using sound barriers and bubbles, and it's all it's pretty pretty high-tech stuff.
2: Well, they're trying to do the same thing up in Michigan because they've gotten into the Mississippi River, and they do not want these fish in the Great Lakes in any way, form, or fashion. Because if they get into the Great Lakes, they won't be great at all. They will be devoid of all life except for these fish. It'd be the dead seas. Yes, exactly. And they're using. They've tried several ones. They've also included uh, electrical shock. They've run a current that uh, at a certain voltage or amperage that doesn't fit well with the fish. And so far, every, their efforts up there have been working, but they've got multiple layers because of the Great Lakes. So, anyway, we'll see how that works. Hopefully. It's going to be interesting to talk to him. I've got a lot of good questions for him. So, I've got a lot of good questions cuz when I see some of these photos of a boat and a million and one fish flying around and possibly hitting people in the head and when you're when you uh survey guys in the shock boats have to go out there wearing football helmets because of fish, that's not a good thing. So,
0: no, absolutely not. Um that I would I would like to do that once just to to do it. Um, just to see what it's
2: like. I don't know if I'd want to do that. I'd I'd, I'd at least want some head and face protection.
0: All right, Tony Centers outdoors will be right back. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance for your outdoor toys. Whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm.
2: Sports' warehouse is always supporting the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Bates Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Bates has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Bates Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer. .com
0: Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this morning with Mr. Pratula. Good morning. And we're going straight to the phones to one of my favorite people. I hope I didn't get in trouble by not calling you my favorite person. I'm, I know better oh. than to call you my favorite senator. Cause that gets me in trouble down here too.
1: <laughs> it, it does, and you, you've got a couple of good ones in Chattanooga. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll just say one of. Hey, and, and Tony, I just turned on the radio about uh, five minutes ago in my truck, heading to the mountains for opening day of bear season. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a little, it's a little too warm to be bear hunting, but uh, we're we're going anyway. And we normally camp, but they've got a burn ban on the Cherokee National Forest, so without a fire. Camping's no fun. You, that, you got to have a fire, and so we just stayed home and are driving up this morning.
0: Hey, I saw so, uh, I, I saw a buddy of yeah. yours yesterday, and um, and Representative Mike Carter, and he told me that you were trying to help him with his bear population on his new place.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? He has a few bears. Yes, he run does. Through his new place that that he bought, and uh, I'm already working on uh, getting the hunting rights to to uh, that little <laughs> piece of property that he purchased. <laughs> Um, but hey, Tony, it, uh, I just wanted to reiterate again, I didn't hear your whole conversation on the Asian carp, but TWRA, uh, national, uh, wild, uh, national, national, uh, I guess national wild fisheries, and we're all working together on this problem. I've, I've got a few constituents, uh, been uh, messaging one back and forth yesterday who want something done right now this is going to take a little while as much as we want something done right now but because of the cost because of of uh knowing what'll work trying to figure out what'll work what won't work it's going to take a, a while for us to to um get the right kind of barriers and the right process up to uh to try to stop these cars and i and i want to commend twra they're doing a lot of work on this i was uh, i've been messaging or or a text messaging with uh, the um, assistant executive director, Chris Richardson, yesterday right. three or four times on this one issue.
4: So
1: yeah, we're, it's, uh... we're working on it. Just let people know that we're working on it. Like everything else, uh, you want it done tomorrow, it isn't going to get done tomorrow. It's going to take a little while to, to, to figure out what will work. And and when you look at a barrier, I, I heard Rob mention the electric electric barrier. Right. Those are like seven to ten million dollars a piece. Yes. It's not a cheap alternative. And I'm 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 guessing some of the public, I, I even have some concerns about putting an electric barrier in a lock, say a small lock like a chicken, not chicken maca, like Watts Bar. And I've gone through Watts Bar lock in a twelve foot aluminum V hull bolt with a six horsepower motor. And there's a little something about there's a little something there's a little concern there about knowing what we're doing is going to be completely safe, not to the big barge, not to the big uh, you know seventy five foot uh, cruiser that comes through, but to that little fisherman who's coming through in a boat and there's and we've um, electrified the water underneath him. Uh, we we need to make sure what we what we're doing is completely
0: safe. I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm hoping this sound barrier that we're working with. Uh, Tennessee Tech on will be something that is actually something that works, uh, yeah. but and, who and knows? I, they got in- Mike, I think we've lost you.
1: Uh oh! There you are! There, you're you back! You're not- back! You're back! Yeah, yeah can, did that not get installed at barclay
0: Yes, that's actually it. Got delayed. They're supposed to have started last week, and it's like a three week okay. process. So. Uh, so we, we should we should be starting to see results from that here very soon.
1: Good, good, good. Well, it, I, I wish it's, it was a problem we could fix overnight. It's not. Uh, I think everybody's concerned. And I'll tell you, Tony, and you may have talked about this, Chris Richardson with TWA told me about the literally hundreds of thousands of pounds of fish we are taking out of the river through the, our commercial incentives yes it's we we've, we've got new markets opened up uh you know at first when i when i heard about just incentivizing catching the fish i thought you know we'll never catch enough but he says we have population uh through new methods to uh to um, to i guess herd the fish into an area right. where you can catch a larger percentage of them we've got great markets i it's, it's Nobody's ever had an Asian carp. It's actually a good eating fish. We're it's not talking very tasty. about one of these buffalo carp that we have around here. It's a good eating fish uh, if you know how to clean one and get the bones out of it.
0: Exactly. They are uh, they're being sold, uh, Mike, to California. They're actually feeding them to students out there. They're being sold mm-hmm. in Maine as lobster bait, and they are going to the dog food industry as well. So they've good. got a market. Good. And uh, and we've been working with commercial fishermen to help them improve their catches. Uh, you know, you mentioned the incentivizing the the both sides, the uh, the guy that's buying the fish from the fishermen as well as the fishermen. We're also buying nets uh, and providing it to the fishermen. So we're doing we're we're spending money pretty wisely. And uh, and and I appreciate what you you said. Uh, I know I think I know who you've been texting with and. Uh, and while he he does want it done immediately it I think he's missing the fact that we're doing a tremendous amount of to try to figure it out and to try to stop it. This is not right. you know, we're not the first state to the to this rodeo There's been a lot of states that's been trying to do something prior to us
1: right right well, Tony, I've just got about a minute until I move in I actually move into the mountains and I'm going to lose you, but I want to say good luck to all those uh men and women heading to the mountains to bear hunt today uh a quick story and i don't know the full story i'm gonna i should get my friend to call you in and give you the full story they opened an area of georgia this last week for bear hunting that had never been hunted before they've got a population problem right and a friend of mine got got uh um was able to go on this hunt and they he said they they ran and bade one of the largest hogs he's ever seen in his life this guy's been hog hunting and bear hunting for 30 years the hog turned around and charged a guy who thought he had a full gun and only had two bullets in his pistol the hog knocked the guy down Mm. cut his leg up got on top of him and stomped his back it's one of these stories you read about in a magazine oh wow it happened just last week down here in north georgia uh so uh be careful going hunting out there
0: today, too. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much. Good luck with your bear hunt. All
1: right, talk to you later. Thank
0: you. Bye. You know, I I appreciate Senator Bell calling in, and I don't know if you noticed there, he actually stopped so we wouldn't lose him. Right, I, I could I could hear the sound stop. So.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, when you're up in the mountain, I mean, if you're going for bear, you're up in the mountains. You are, and cell phone service can get a little spotty up there. Uh, a
0: lot of people out there, and uh, and and yeah, uh, you know, it's an interesting way he says. Though, we we think about the African big five or whatever being dangerous. We have some dangerous game here in the states.
2: Oh yeah, uh, I mean a bear can turn on you real quick. A hog a can hog definitely can, turn on you. Uh, oh yeah, there's there's a few things that'll if not if not dispatched very quickly, they could do some damage.
0: Uh, but why would you go into the woods with two shots in your gun?
2: That's a good question. You know,
0: depending on what gun, you either have, you know, a minimum of six or seven or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something. Two? No. I want two plus
2: reloads. I'm going to (laughs) take, if I'm going into the woods, probably I'm going to be taking a shotgun. So I'm I'm wanting the you know, at least, you know, three good, good firm blasts.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: While he was talking about that, I I played this carp video of where they electroshocked it, and you said you wanted to do that. That looks like work. I I mean, they're lifting these 15, 20-pound fish out with nets and dumping them in the boat. That looks too much like work.
0: Well, I have been invited by some commercial fishermen uh, on Kentucky Lake to go with them. And and when I was talking to them, they said, well, we'll do this and that for you guys. I said, no, 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 no. I want the experience. I want to get up when you guys get up. I want to do the. I want to work all night.
1: Uh,
0: I want. To, I want to really see what you guys are doing. Right. Uh, and I think that's the only thing to, uh, to really get an understanding of what they're trying to do.
2: That's a very good point because if you don't if you don't go there full day, you don't know what they go through. It's like when I used to tell people I kept guide hours when I was guiding. You get in about eight o'clock at night. Ice down food. Get ready. Tie flies get to sleep around midnight, get up at 3, get the boat, and you, you do that, but they don't see all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So right. right. That's how it pretty much goes. Well, I guess we can talk about a little bit more when we get back, so we will see what we can talk about. we got a couple other things we can discuss.
0: Yep, and uh, and again, that Asian carp discussion is going to be coming up at 6.20 this morning, 6.20 a.m. Uh, with Mike Butler from Tennessee Wildlife Federation. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors.
2: The good Lord only knows all the stories.
0: Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse. Their people and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. Great Indoors for those who love the Great Outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Man, it's hard to believe. First hour's in the can.
2: It is. It's gone really quick again.
0: So on the calendar, what do we have? One but, thing left, right?
2: No, we got two things left. Two things. Two things left on oh, the calendar. Oh, yeah. One I'm not invited to and one... No, thing. you're invited. You just... Are, you just... Yeah. Uh, the 24th <laughs> of this month, the Ducks Unlimited fall flight is going to be out at Camp Jordan. Doors open at 6, and it's going to be a great event. The food is catered by... S- stir. Stir. I, I was thinking spoon. Stir, but it's it's really good. Uh, Shaken, not stir. Stirred. Okay, I'll remember that now. But they're going to have a great event. It was really, really good last year, a fun event, and everybody had a great time. And, again, it's going to be out at Camp Jordan. So rain, sleet, snow, hail, sunshine, drought, they got you covered up there at Camp Jordan. Then on the 8th of November, the Fly Fishing Film Tour is coming back to Chattanooga. It's going to be at the Camp House. At 149 East MLK, doors open at 7. You're going to have VIP seating a little bit earlier than that. We will be bringing in some people to talk about the Fly Fishing Film Tour, and you can go check it out at flyfishingfilmtour.com. There is a hype video that will get you excited about all the videos and films that you will see at this event. So mark your calendars for the 24th of October for Ducks Unlimited and November 8th for the Fly Fishing Film Tour. Awesome. I'm excited about the film tour.
0: Uh, Have you seen any of the previews?
2: I've seen the the hype videos. I was I was ready to just quit my job and and just go fishing for the rest of my life and go to all these gorgeous places. But uh, th- the good thing about the fly fishing film tour is it's not your typical fishing show. They show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. They show you people breaking off. They show you real life. They show you guys reels exploding or rods breaking, you know. Uh it's not all doom and gloom, but they do some really, really good cinematography with this, too. Some outstanding cinematography with drones, uh, high-definition cameras, underwater cameras, uh, good soundtracks. They're always really great films. So,
0: Hey, our friends at Sportsman's Warehouse have bought some stores.
2: Good for them. Expansion, always good.
0: They have bought... You remember when I went to Asheville and I went to... Um, Field and Stream Store. Yes. I'd never been to one, never seen one. Right, and I walked in, walked around the store, and I'm like, eh. Not well, a- that's now a Sportsman's Store. So I just went to Sportsman's early.
2: You were when you I were was there. In for, you were there for the early, early. Yeah, opening.
0: they bought. Uh, let's see, where are they? Pennsylvania, New York, North Carolina, and Michigan. Good for them. Uh, but Asheville is one of them. And let's see, Asheville greensboro elmira new york hey i wonder how close it is to our buddy mr jeeves rochester new york i know how close that is
2: yeah that's a lot closer that's where he lives no he lives in uh it's near
0: washington okay anyone tony centers outdoors we'll be back just a moment Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors.
2: Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula.
0: That would be us. That would woods. be. We're back be and we're live on, on your radio. Down We've down only got about uh, one segment before we have uh, Mike Butler from Tennessee Wildlife the Federation calling in, talking about Asian carp. Uh so got Hunter, mm-hmm. my grandson, who's here for. Uh, fall break got him into wednesday so i was thinking about doing some i've, I've got a side-by-side that someone has entrusted me with <laughs> that was crazy mm-hmm. i'm like where can i go ride this side-by-side mm-hmm. and take hunter and gunner and just go
2: into the into the wild yeah into the wild
0: that sounds like and I, I don't
2: have any idea where to go
0: hmm no clue well Maybe. Normally, I would go to Prentice Cooper, mm-hmm. but they're
2: hunting, so I can't do that. Okay. Well, maybe we can check the TWA website and find where we can... Ooh, you know
0: what would be fun?
2: Ooh, what would be... Oh, do tell. What would be fun?
0: Royal Blue. Elk. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.
2: I bet you might even want to go to that. Ooh, yeah. I may have to cancel class for that one.
0: No, I was going to do it like, tomorrow. Oh. But they have a they have a, an ATV, Hov, whatever off road vehicle routes. Oh, through Royal Blue.
2: I did not know that. Yeah, I'm checking the elk cam right now. It's dark. Yeah, I don't see any elk. Yeah, they're camouflaged They're
0: they yeah, I was going to say, they are. Uh, they're black. They're black
2: because <laughs> it's dark outside. <laughs> That's too funny.
0: No, I think that would be kind of fun to go do, let him see some alive elk.
2: Oh gosh, yeah.
0: Or are they hunting? They're hunting too. Y-
2: yes, they are. Yes, they are. Archery for them is open.
0: Um. Yes. So those two or three people, or was that last week? Or uh, is that just, that's this week. It was this week. Yeah, because I saw some. I and it's a seven day hunt, so this probably goes through. Probably goes through tomorrow. Yeah. So that's out. Okay. So, where do I go?
2: I'm, I'm not sure. That one's going to be. We may have to. I may have to do a little research off air on that one to find out some suggestions from the TWA on where you can use an all terrain vehicle. See what they recommend. Katusa? Possibly. Or go up to. Uh, well, I was thinking. Uh, What's the one? No, that's the Fall Creek Falls, and that's only—they don't have any ATV trails up there. Right. I, I'm trying to think of state parks around here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There we go. Hmm. I, I'm, I know people do it. Oh yeah. I just don't know where they do
2: it. And I think I think Hunter and Gunner would have a great time doing that. Mm-hmm. Being out and about. I okay. agree. Could always go. Could always uh. Check out some of the. Trail maps. I'll, I'll have to do that off air and see what we do. I have to, I'll, you, You've sparked my interest now, so I'll have to figure that out because I I don't know if somebody came up like you just now. Hey, where can I take an ATV? Uh, I would say, oh, Prentice Cooper. Oh, wait, that's close. you know. And then I have to go like we just did. So you've stumped me on that.
0: One. I try. <laughs> yeah. Well, no,
2: no, you do frequently and, and 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 justifiably so in most cases. But all
0: right, we have a we have a couple of uh, we're going to kind of. Um. Hit some. uh, I'm I'm getting texts from people. Yeah, where to go? (laughs) Yeah, I love this. I love this.
2: You put out the bat signal. Um,
0: couple of idiots outside stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. You do whichever one you want first. All right, whichever one I want first. Uh, we've got. We'll keep this one local. A man charged after falsely reporting that a TWA officer impersonating while fishing. Well. What happened was the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency says a man was charged after falsely reporting that someone who impersonated a TWA officer confiscated the kayak he was using. James Stanberry was arrested and charged with theft and filing a false report. The TWA said that Stanberry reported on September 24th that someone impersonating a TWA officer confiscated his kayak that he borrowed from his sister while he was fishing in Trousdale County. However, TWA agents said it was discovered that Sansbury actually pawned the kayak before making the false report. He was arrested a few days later. So he is definitely an idiot outdoors.
0: <laughs> that's really one of my favorite ones uh, uh...
2: Where's the kayak? Uh TWA officer took it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my story. Yeah, he confiscated it.
0: Let me see. Let me Take a real live law enforcement agency and say that they are confiscating my kayak.
2: Yeah, they won't investigate that. You know,
0: I I tell people all the time, you should be very careful if you tell a lie that is provable Mm -hmm. or disprovable. One of the two. Right. You know, don't do that. It needs to be one that you cannot prove or disprove.
2: Right. But Anyway, that's just me. Yeah. We've got another idiot outdoors. A tourist visiting Yellowstone National Park on Sunday suffered severe thermal burns after he tripped into a hot springs near Old Faithful geyser. I've said this, people. Don't drink out of the geysers. Cade Simmers, 48, a U.S. citizen who lives in India, told Rangers he was walking without a flashlight at the time of the fall, and the Jackson Hole News and Guide reported this. He managed to get back to his hotel room but was eventually flown to the burn center in Idaho. He is listed in critical condition. Park Rangers then detected evidence of alcohol use back in his room. I've got, I've got an idea. I'm gonna okay. go get I'm gonna go get really hammered. Walk around without a flashlight in a place where there are over five hundred geysers that reach well over two hundred degrees. What could possibly go wrong?
0: You know, we haven't had a lot of stories of about Yellowstone this year, but it's like suddenly they're all coming out of the
2: It's like they all waited till this last couple of weeks to do it. We've got another one. Um this uh remember what remember my tips for staying safe in Yellowstone? They were stay away, leave things alone, don't drink out of the geysers. Well an elk has knocked a man to the ground because the elk are in rut out there and he got too close and guess what happened?
0: Now for the uneducated rut means horny.
2: Yes. They're they're a bit randy. They're looking to find that female elk. They're looking to find love. They're they're looking to procreate. Yes, and they are all pumped up on testosterone and they're not thinking straight and if you get in between them or get near them, they see you as possible hey, this is a threat or a challenge. I'll take that challenge. I've only got, you know, 18 points on this huge rack of mine. And I outweigh this thing by, oh, a good couple thousand pounds, so I will just stomp it. Stay away from elk, folks. You know how you look at elk? You stay in your car. You look at the elk. Or if you're outside, you stay a good distance away from the elk. Stay away from the elk. Stay away from the bear. Stay away from the buffalo. Don't drink out of the geysers. That's your tips for surviving Yellowstone. Don't... Not not very complicated. Don't pet... The don't pet the fuzzy cows that have real bad eyesight and sharp horns. Leave them alone. We've already had one buffalo stomping this year already. Jeez, boy! Didn't we have a buffalo that threw the kid up in the air too? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The park officials are saying are saying stay 75 feet away at a bare minimum, especially during the rut on elk. 75 feet. I'm making it a lot longer than that because those things can cover 75 feet pretty quick. But that's your idiots outdoors, so folks, don't be an idiot outdoors. Tony Sanders Outdoors cares. We want you to be safe. That's why we talk about all these silly people that do stupid things. That is fun, but anyway.
0: You like making fun of people.
2: Well, that, and, and I just shake my head every time. I'm just trying to, I, I try to put myself in their shoes. And th- what what were you thinking? I mean, obviously you weren't, but what were you thinking?
0: And. Let's uh, start saying let's cover the Georgia. You know, I don't want to.
2: Oh, uh, the Georgia uh, shooting. Yeah. Okay. It, this is
0: a sad story, but
2: yeah. Uh, let me see here. Let me get to it. Uh, bear with me just a second. In Brunswick, Georgia, Georgia authorities say a teen was mistaken for a deer and fatally shot while hunting. This is a sad story statement from Glynn County Police says 17-year-old Bobby Lane died Saturday evening after being hospitalized. The statement says Lane was hunting with a group of friends and standing in an area with heavy foliage when he was mistaken for a deer and shot by one of his hunting partners. Uh, It says that Lane's friend carried him to a gas station to wait for authorities. It is unclear whether Lane was shot with a firearm or a bow and arrow. The Georgia DNR says it's currently archery season, and that the firearm season does not start until October nineteenth. They are conducting an investigation, and it's unclear if that any is, of his friends will face criminal charges. That this is
0: a, a sad story. Be sure of your game, folks. Yes, if it's archery, not really, not question it, because you got to be able to really see. It.
4: It's got to be. Real. Hey, Beaverman. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you?
0: Wonderful on yourself.
4: Uh just just lovely. Readily, uh, greatly anticipating the cool down. You and me uh, both. That is supposed to happen. Because, uh, it's not, doesn't seem like it'd be fun chasing elk with a bow when it's 99 degrees.
2: No. With a heat index of 105.
4: Yeah, or 137 is what it was the other day. Oh, geez. I can believe it. So, anyway, yeah, man, that, um, up there, you can go two ways. Go up to Swanee, hang a left, or go to South Pittsburgh, hang a right.
0: Okay.
4: Go up the mountain, and uh, the Franklin Marion Forest up there is is—it's eight or 9,000 acres, I think. Okay. And uh, it kind of straddles the line of the two counties. And um, I mean, it is open to, you know, for hunting. Yeah. It's open with the regular season. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of pull-offs and stuff like that where you you probably see vehicles parked where dudes would have walked in. But, right. You know, there's there's trails all over the place up there. I think you're know, that... riding on, and and the property's all well flagged, you know, with sure, um, yellow paint or something. So. Sure. Um, I mean that's a cool spot, and um, there's uh, you mentioned Katusa also. I don't
2: know the rules up there. Did we lose you, Beaverman? Yeah, uh, we lost him. Oh. Well, where he was talking about up at Swan, I think that's where Jesse McNeil uh, is a ranger. Maybe. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking too. she's a ranger up there. a real nice young lady from Texas.
0: All right. Well, we'll uh, figure out what happened and we'll get Beaverman back later. Um, and we'll go from
2: there. Okay. So, let will see what happens with that. Hopefully Beaverman will call back. Uh, Let's see here.
0: Uh, we got to get a break. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we'll do the break, and then we'll come back, and should have Mike Butler on the phone when we come back, and uh, we'll go from there. Tony Sanders Outdoors, we'll be right back.
2: Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Baby's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Baby's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Fertilizer.com. Are you a member of
0: the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, and as promised, waking up early. In the middle of Nashville, Tennessee, is our friend Michael Butler from Tennessee Wildlife Federation. How are you doing, Mike?
3: Good morning, Tony. How are you? <laughs> uh,
0: I'm probably more awake than you're used to being up at this time of the day, unless it's hunting no, and fishing this season.
3: No, pretty standard rise time for okay. girls.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> but,
3: I, but I appreciate the sentiment. Not so not so much for a Saturday, I will agree with you there. <laughs> unless it, it's duck season.
0: <laughs> unless it's duck season. How are you doing, Mike?
3: I'm good. I'm good.
0: Well, we got you on here um, to talk about Asian carp. This is something that is becoming more of a uh, an issue in West Tennessee, but it's not something that we should ignore in East Tennessee, and I'm getting more and more questions about it here. Um, I just uh, I thought this would be a great opportunity because of the, the money that was just allocated from the federal government that you were involved in, in helping get. And kind of just talk about it with our listeners. That's all right with you?
3: Oh, that'd be fine. I think um, I would really like to do that. And you know, this is something that we've we've been working on. The Wildlife Agency's been working on this for a long time. We've worked on it for about the last three years. And you'll you'll, you'll remember. Uh, At the commission meeting in Chattanooga back in 2018, which would have been spring of 2018, I believe, there was a uh, press conference that y'all held on Asian carp, which was kind of the... We partnered with y'all on that as a first salvo, so to speak, to try to to raise awareness in East Tennessee because we knew the fish were at Pickwick Reservoir and, and moving upriver, Wheeler and Wilson, And um, the impact that these fish can have and are having where they are in great numbers is so significant and really, uh, to be honest with you, frankly, just kind of scary. Um, If you look at what's happened on the Illinois River, um, there are marinas that were valued at $6 million that they can't sell for $600,000. There are uh, massive areas where of, of, of lake and river that play, people used to fish that just don't have the fish and the, uh, the, the value of fishing that they used to have. And it's because of these fish, um, both their ability to, to jump and, and threaten boaters um, with silver carp and, and even more so their ability to threaten native game fish and native bait fish because of the way they feed. They feed on the same foods in the water column as gizzard shad and threadfin shad do. And when they get into to these reservoirs in heavy numbers, they you know, their their biology of how they feed disrupts the reproduction and growth of our native bait fish and that will have a, a has had in certain areas big impacts on species like largemouth bass and crappies.
0: The uh, and and we, I've talked to several commercial fishermen. And and where, when did I go to Kentucky Lake? Was it in April or March? April, we had a commission meeting in Paris, uh, and we went fishing, we went crappie fishing. Uh, and I don't remember if he went on that trip fishing or not, Mike, but uh, we had a guide that had been fishing for 30 years there at Kentucky Lake, and it was really interesting to hear him talk. Now, we're crappie fishing, we're not. Bass fish or anything else, we're just crappie, and uh, mm-hmm. to hear him talk about the changes uh, to the the fishery was pretty staggering.
3: Yes, and, and I'll tell you, Kentucky uh, and the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Resources Agency um, would tell you they think crappie were the first affected on Kentucky Lake on the Kentucky portion of Kentucky Lake in the in the lower end of the lake. Okay. And so and so it, it is it, it appears now there, I don't think we have really hard science on this but it appears and people are concerned that we've got a situation where cropping may be the the most uh, indicative of the the challenges that we've got with um, um, with the impacts to the fish first by by carp and and you're exactly right people in these communities are seeing those impacts um and they're seeing them pretty quickly and pretty easily. And, and not only that, the impacts are going beyond just uh, a guide on the lake. We, we've talked to several real estate agents that have said, hey, you know, uh, you can't. I'm having trouble selling a lakefront house. Um, that, that's, that's what really about two years ago I talked to an old friend of ours that uh, was had properties listed on Kentucky Lake, and he was like i can't I'm having to drop prices because I can't move these houses i I myself personally had a conversation with a gentleman here in Nashville who told me eyeball to eyeball. He said, I was looking over at Kentucky Lake to buy a lake house this summer and and uh, I'm going to Center Hill because uh, i'm I'm not going to put up with these fish' So when you start hearing those things, and you start looking at how the lakes are developed in Tennessee, in East Tennessee versus West Tennessee, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, recreational use uh, and and you know second home and 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 vacation areas uh, in in West Tennessee, but there's no, nothing like what y'all have in right. East Tennessee. Right.
0: Right. And there's a lot of people that are concerned, and, and, and I understand that, and uh, I'm concerned. Uh, I don't want that. I don't want this problem happening here, uh, and I think that kind of leads us in a little bit to some of the money that we've received and, and some of the plans for that, if you want to start on that. We do have a break in about three minutes to give you a chance to get you a cup of coffee, and then we'll come back and, and talk more about the, the money as well. Uh, sure. So. Sure. Sure. I'll I'll throw that softball out there, and you can you can start running with it if you want to, Mike.
3: Well, about kind of the solutions and the approaches the fisheries people have put together.
0: Well, that in in how the the money that was just because this was a big win. I mean, I know, I know the money does isn't huge. Uh, that was just uh, I guess passed through the Senate. I don't know if it's been signed yet or not, uh, but you know. The, all all that aspect of it because you've been you've been yeah. involved in all that as much as anybody.
3: Well, you know, the um the reason the money is important is because the solutions are not cheap. Um and we're going to have to spend quite a bit of money to fix the problem. But you know, you're talking about uh, the threat is to billions of dollars and so we're going to have to spend a few million I think to get to save billions. And the Senate Appropriations Committee um, week before last passed their um, their bill for appropriations that included an additional 14 million dollars for work on Asian carp uh, in the um, the other important part of that is that language included uh, rivers like the Tennessee River and the Cumberland River because okay. the way that process works if you don't specify with with a high level of I guess, detail where it can be used, then uh, the agencies that implement this stuff will interpret it as, well, it can't be used there unless it's explicitly stated. So we were able to get the language in the appropriations bill that says where the money can be spent, which is just as important as how much or, or the fact that there is money to be spent. And I will say, to your point, fourteen million million is a start. Yes. Um, this is going to impact You know, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, um, and depending on how the final language comes out, it could add Arkansas and Louisiana to it. Okay. And so, Or it could be even broader than that because, I mean, the way it's written, they say the Mississippi River Basin, and they start mentioning sub-basins. Well, without getting into a lot of detail that that is uh, uh, kind of – I guess uh, confusing at times it, 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 the bottom line is this money is going to go to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and we're going to need to be able to work with them to use it for two things our, our, our mantra has been from the very beginning block and tackle kind of an old football metaphor The blocking is putting these barriers up on the on the locks um, throughout the valley and then tackling is using the commercial fishermen to catch them out because what we know from the uh field research that's been done in kentucky by ron brooks and his crew who's the chief of fisheries there is that um when you use commercial fishermen to catch these fish out in large numbers they tend to not uh, move or pioneer new areas as much right so we got to. Keep pressure on them really hard because it's going to take some time to put these lock these these uh, barriers in the uh, on the dams in place. That doesn't happen overnight for a lot of reasons. Sure, Mike. But, but I would, and I yeah. know you got to go to break in yeah. a second. But I, I do want to get into a little bit about um, kind of maybe a few more details on this particular money, and mm-hmm. then kind of what we're looking at coming down the pike that we really need to focus on moving forward. To make sure that number one, this money stays recurring so we get it every year to work on this stuff. Okay. And then two, um, you know, there's some other sources of money that we're looking at that can help enhance this as well.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to take our final break with you here and then we'll come back and we'll continue talking about this a little bit more. Thank you so much. Sure thing. On the phone is Mike Butler from the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. We'll be right back.
4: My hunting videos She's been itching, she's been
0: begging She's been wanting to go If you're looking to target your product or service To the outdoor community Tony Sanders Outdoors can help Nearly one third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings From 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads Remote broadcast or product endorsements Tony and Rob can help Give us a call at 423-280-3677 To discuss your advertising needs Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423 280 3677. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs, whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys. Whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, coming right back to the phones to our friend Mike Butler. Hello, Mike. How are you doing?
3: Good morning. Hope you survived doing that. Well.
0: Hey, you got a sportsman's warehouse over there by you now, too. You can go there, too. We do. Yeah. Um, I stopped in the I, other
3: day. It's a good, I enjoy going to that store. And I I remember I, the first one I ever went into was at Chattanooga. Right. And i um, been in it many times. Over there off 153, if I remember correctly.
0: That is correct. And now you got one yeah. right there in Murfreesboro. I stopped in. Bill Colvard is a great guy up there. And uh, it's a, it's a smaller store, but it's 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 packed with stuff. So
3: That's good. Need more of those. There are not enough sporting goods stores, in my opinion. Not not the ones that are uh, convenient and have, you know, they they have a lot of stuff that some, a lot of stores, frankly, don't.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: Uh, when so it, it helps to have them around.
0: All right, so we were talking about Asian carp, which I don't think you can buy anything in a sporting goods store that's going to help you catch an Asian carp because they don't like fish to catch be they don't like to be caught.
2: Number eight, number eight, bird loaded. That ca- I mean, work, you know, yeah. get some buckshot that'll work too. Yeah. When, especially when they jump.
0: Illinois. Zone. So where do we go, Mike? I mean, uh, you, you face this battle as as much as as or you talk to people facing this battle as much as anybody.
4: Well,
3: I, I tell you, um, one of the one of the things that has helped is exactly what you're doing, helping getting the word out um, with the show, and and the, that's important because what we found is, as people find out about it, and we're able to connect with them, uh, we've started something here recently that we're doing on a monthly basis, and it's called uh, uh, the Asian Carp grassroots action call and it's a simple conference call where we set up um, a call and and have somebody come on and give an update as to what's happening around the southeast Um, because we we have a, a, a regular effort with other agencies where we're getting updates and as we build that we can ask people hey you know please let your elected official know this is really important and so to that point congressman Fleischman who is uh, your district over there in, right. in in Chattanooga area. He is the sole member of the House Appropriations Committee from Tennessee. So right. he is in an incredible, incredibly important position to be supporting funding for this. Um, we also have Congressman Kustoff, who is really the champion, uh, who's kicked off the, the the legislative champion aspect of this from Memphis, the Republican from over in Memphis. And okay. then, of course our our, uh, senior senator, Senator Lamar Alexander, really was the one who, uh, he's the ranking ranking member of the Senate Appropriations Committee, and uh, he and and Richard Shelby, the senator from Alabama, who is the chairman of Appropriations, played a huge role. Um, I would say played the most important role in making sure that we got in the Senate Appropriations Bill what we needed to get in that bill. Um, So, moving forward here here are the steps that are going to be really important uh the senate reported out 14 million dollars the house did not report out any money uh representative kustoff or congressman kustoff put in a request for 25 million um which is roughly what the the the, the senate asked for with 14 million of it being new money um the house did not report out the 14 million new money Okay. Uh, there was a snafu in the rules committee um, where I think the chairman of the rules committee in the House got confused because if you can think of this, I mean, this fish, these fish, there are four species of Asian carp, black carp, grass carp, uh, silver carp and big head carp. Um, We're concerned about all of them, mostly concerned about silver carp and big head carp. But these fish are scattered throughout the Mississippi River Basin, which means they're scattered about two-thirds of the United States. Right. So there are significant efforts going on in the Great Lakes and the Upper Mississippi River, the Ohio River. And so the funding confusion with the House Rules Committee came in trying to figure out where the money was going to go. That's a long way of saying... The next step is we've got to go to conference committee, so the House version of appropriations and the Senate version of appropriations can get all worked out. We think that the the Senate version will carry the day from what we're hearing. We'll get uh, a significant amount of money with the reporting language saying, like I said earlier, where and what it can be spent on. And we're going to need to be communicating with our elected officials that we want to make absolutely certain This money is given to the Fish and Wildlife Service to do barriers on the locks and support commercial fishing efforts so that they are incentivized to remove these fish from the water. And we'll be, if you go to our website at tnwf.org, you can sign up for our newsletter, and you'll be put into, and we're going to notify people when these calls come out, uh, last month, or this I guess it was two weeks ago, we did our first one of these, and Frank Fisk came on and, and I explained to the group. These calls are about an hour long. They have the latest information around the southeast on Asian carp. Um, but our next step of focus is going to be making sure that the legislative intent that comes out on that report says, hey, spend it this way, spend it in these places. And then that, that will get us started down the road. Um, and, and i got to take a second here, Tony, and say the agency's efforts have been uh, outstanding. I mean, it, um, part of what's happened over the last eight months, as you know, is the agency has put together the Asian Carp Harvest Incentive Program, which is about supporting commercial fishermen to remove these fish. And what that specifically means is the agency has been helping them with uh, equipment as well as uh, incentivizing the price per pound that the buyers buy, the fish buyers buy, so that these these fish can be used in markets like lobster bait in Maine, uh, food, they sell them as food fish uh, to Asia, things like that. In eight months... That program has removed 2 million pounds or right at 2, 2, 1.9 million pounds of fish carp from Kentucky Reservoir um, as, at its outset. Uh, a similar program in Kentucky that's been running a little bit longer than that has removed 3 million pounds. So all told, in a relatively short period of time, we've gone from like three to four commercial fishermen on the Tennessee side to 12, and now I think uh, Frank told me that we're at 17 as of this week. So those programs are working, and and they will continue to work if we put the resources to them, which is what we hope to do with this money. And I think we're also going to look at whether the State uh, General Assembly can step up some of its support for the agency's efforts as well.
0: Well, I know uh, I had Mike Bell actually on the phone in the first hour and he was talking about some of the calls he's getting for Asian carp so he's he's very attuned to what's going on and working with people around the state so uh... Mm -hmm. you know so hopefully we can get uh... like you said, get something done at the legislative level mike we uh... we're, we're about to to have to wrap up just from a from a time standpoint what uh... how can how can our listeners get involved signing up and rob just actually i just watched him sign up on your website for the newsletter it took him about thirty seconds while you were talking so
3: it's oh, go, fantastic I'm glad that's working <laughs> yeah yep go, no problems
0: go to TN TN uh, TN org and sign up to to get the newsletter uh, and what else can can people do
3: well that that's the most important thing because we need to be able to communicate with you and once we have that communications pathway set up then then we will let you know about when these calls are taking place, and we'll also uh, advertise our alerts on, on when to call people and or email them and say, hey, please support this, because our focus right now is trying to do everything we can to support the wildlife agency and coordinate this stuff in, the, in a regional basis so that we keep these fish from getting into Um It's going to be hard to do that. Um, but we're looking at, if we can keep them out of Gunnersville, or at least limit them or keep them out of Nickajack, then they'll never reach Chickamauga sure. in real numbers. And sure. that is the ultimate objective. Keep them out of, you know, we don't want them getting any further up the river. Um, and that's going to require us to really get after it, um, and work on these, these, uh, barriers. Uh, you know, there's a couple different kinds of barriers that are, uh, proven, um, uh, effective at slowing these fish down or at least stopping them in the, try, from getting into the Great Lakes. They're putting one of those barriers as an experiment up at Barkley Reservoir, right. Barkley Lock. Right. It's, a, it's an acoustic barrier, and that should be being turned on here in the next couple weeks. Exactly. So it's Mike, be interesting to watch.
0: I appreciate it, and uh, as as we were talking back and forth, I think we need to do an hour. The next time I get you I can get you up and get you to call in because you can see how important this stuff is.
3: And hey, anytime we've got a bunch of, as you know, we're working hand in glove with you guys yep. on chronic wasting disease and Asian carp, which sure. are frankly the two biggest threats to wildlife and fish that I've seen in my career.
0: Mike, thank you so much. Yes, sir. You have Go a have good. A you have time. a good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Mike Butler from the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. Sign up to be uh, uh, part of their team. Get their newsletters and keep informed. Mike does a great job, and as well as the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. So. Check it out uh, really quick. Yep. All right. We've of got to go a break, and we'll uh, be back in just a moment and wrapping up the show, Tony Sanders Outdoors. And it's worth a bunch of money. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people, and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. Great Indoors for those who love the Great Outdoors Highway
2: 153 and Lee Highway. Bates Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Bates has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty's Fertilizer.com.
0: Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. I want to thank Mike Butler for tuning in or calling in. And tuning in. And tuning in. Yeah, he's listening as we speak. Uh, I'm I'm texting him back and forth. We're going to try to get him in here to do a whole two hours in studio.
2: I would love that because I've got a lot of questions. Absolutely. There's no doubt.
0: Uh, What's happening on the
2: schedule? Uh, Coming up the 24th of this month, the Ducks Unlimited fall flight is going to be out at Camp Jordan. Great facility out there. It's going to be doors opening at 6 p.m. They're going to be having their banquet out there, and the food is being catered by Stir. So it's going to be a wonderful time for that. Join us uh, with the Ducks Unlimited Fall Flight on the 24th. Then coming up November 8th, the Fly Fishing Film Tour is going to be at the Camp House, 149 East. Martin Luther King doors open at 7, but they will have some VIP seating and tickets available. If you want to get there a little bit early, so you can maybe get in on some of the VIP packages, which usually include a couple of really cool items. And you get to see a whole bunch of great Fly Fishing Films to boot. And the money goes to help your local Trout Unlimited with their conservation efforts in Brook Trout and Trout in the Classroom. Too.
0: Awesome. Look forward to, uh, to, to next week's show. We'll have DU in the house next week. Uh, their fall flight banquet's coming up on the 24th, and they'll be in the house talking about it. Um, and then the following week, I think we have uh, Ronnie Dodd coming in. We do. So, man, it's hard to believe the show's over.
2: It is. It has gone really quick today.
0: Say goodbye. Goodbye. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Lock us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.